So, John, if you could pick any actor to star in a film directed by you, where you were going to put them out of their comfort zone, who would you pick and what would you have them do? Okay, well, first of all, if I was a film director, what kind of film director do you see me as? Uh, I see you as like a a sort of David Lynch thing, but with more glitter. Oh, okay. I, I can go with that. David Lynch, but with more glitter. Yeah, I could totally get on board with that. So, yeah. <laughs> surrealism mixed with flamboyance i like it okay mm-hmm. yes i would agree i think that's exactly the kind of film i would make <laughs> so i think i'd want to cast someone who like takes themselves way too seriously okay like okay. joaquin phoenix or a christian bale or like maybe even like a daniel day lewis yeah and then just put them in some real crap yeah like but they have to commit to it but not in a way that not like a joker kind of thing where they have to say oh but it really means something like they just have to accept that they're in what if a piece what, of nonsense what, what, what if it was a, a Jared Leto type and you you made him do something that he knew was absolute shite and there was yeah. no getting around it and he's just like oh my god this is gonna people are gonna have the same reaction as the joker again I can't do this I just again I think the fact is that I'm directing this and I just don't want to spend that much time around Jared Leto so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's that, that's fair. Some films need fine, just the way they are. Other films sometimes take it way too far. But really, how? How bad could it get? Let's go beyond. Beyond the bug set. everybody to beyond the box set the podcast where today we are pitching prequels sequels and spin-offs to ed wood because somebody picked it yes that's generally how this works one of us picks a film <laughs> the other one watches it we'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from our listeners with the submissions that they've posted on facebook and twitter but first we're going to talk about some of our favorite moments and give a bit of a plot summary i'm harry the host with the most chance of becoming a film director why of you and me? Yeah. I mean, I've I've directed little movies and offices before. I I guess I technically direct a, a weekly pub quiz live on YouTube. Um, <laughs> That's a, you're, you're a director now because yeah. you <laughs> stick, a, stick a camera in front of your face and talk at it for two hours. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is that, is that not... No, is that, is that not directing? No, no, sure. Absolutely. I, I mean, I make more video content than you, let's be honest. Uh, okay, fair, yeah, yeah. I'm beginning to see how like lockdown might start to affect you even more if this goes on. You might just start making little short movies. That's uh, yeah. getting increasingly more surreal. Anyway, joining me as always, it's the key grip of the podcast, it's John Lucas. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is a new low. <laughs> key grip. Well, at least I'm the key grip, I guess. You know, Not just a regular old grip. You're not backup grip. No, no, exactly. Assistant grip. You know, Worst yeah. boy. Worst boy, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you said that weird then. Worst boy. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, anyway, enough of uh, enough of whatever this is, this intro we're doing. Edward then, John, why, why did you choose this one? I chose this because I really like this film. Uh, and also, it's been on the back burner for a while, but then over on our Patreon recently, friend of the pod, Martin Gardner, requested that we do... A similar styled kind of 1950s B-movie called The Brain That Wouldn't Die, mm-hmm. which is kind of not an Edward movie, but very much in the style of Edward movies. Kind yeah, of, you know, totally. 
schlocky crap from the 1950s sci-fi with a slice of horror creaky sets and bad acting and all, all the stuff that you'd expect from an edward movie and mm-hmm. so i thought well you know why not now's as good a time as any for this so i just thought i'd uh, put it into circulation yeah so what did you think now i'd like to say that i didn't like it okay were you primed to not like it before you watched it? Was it like something about it, like Johnny Depp, Timber? Yeah, I, like- I think I was definitely primed not to like it. Just like, I'm not the biggest fan of Johnny Depp. I think just presently, like since the mid-noughties, he's just, he's got a bit much. Oh, absolutely. Well, for me, and- that was why it was nice to watch this and remember like, oh, he used to be charming. Yeah, yeah. And like, he he is he is very good in this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was primed not to like it for that. And Tim Burton has gone down a very similar route Mm-hmm. You know, doing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and Alice in Wonderland and, mm-hmm. you know, some other things. Uh, I mean, he can still pull it out of the bag, though. But just that's kind of given him a reputation in my own head that's a little bit hard to get past. And, sure, uh, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so I kind of went into it just not particularly excited for it. I saw that it's it's over two hours as well, mm-hmm. so that probably means it's going to be a bit slow at points, which it was. It is a scooch too long, I'll give you that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I was trying not to like it, but it still made me laugh multiple times. Oh, good. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, okay. So, so that's why I say, like, I'd like to say I didn't like it, but I feel sure. like that's not quite true. That doesn't really sum it up. Okay. Well, I'm good. I'm glad that you enjoyed aspects of it, at least. Like, I agree. Like, Tim Burton's gone quite downhill, in my opinion, just with all the Disney movies, and the, he seems to have, like, lost his mojo quite dramatically lately. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Johnny Depp's whole thing has become quite a quite annoy- annoying at this point but yeah again just like watching johnny depp back on this and thinking oh yeah he was charming once also this reminded me oh yeah tim burton used to make really good movies and mm. for me this is really one of them like for me this is such a like quintessential tim burton movie yeah yeah i could have to see that mm. it's very but similar I'm, to- I'm not the biggest tim burton fan even if like his big films like say edward scissorhands mm-hmm, i didn't yeah. really like it but i True. think partly that's because that's one of the films that's aimed at a slightly younger audience sure. and it only works to watch it as an adult if you have the nostalgia for it. Mm-hmm, so yeah. like that didn't really land for me either. There's very few Tim Burton films that I like. Mm. Well, which ones do you like? Is it just the Batman ones? Uh, yeah, I, to be honest, I like the first Batman. I've not actually seen... Is it Batman Returns? I think. The one with Michelle Pfeiffer? As yeah, Catwoman? Ba- Batman Returns. Yeah, I've, that's the I, best I, one! No, I've, se- I've seen it, sorry. Uh, I was okay. going to say, I've not seen it more than once. Okay, So I sure. don't really know it very well. And... Uh, I did quite enjoy Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, we did? Yes, that was a good one. We, we, we both enjoyed that one. Great. Yeah. So where does this one sit for you compared to, like, Scissorhands and also uh, Mars Attacks, which I think this is very similar to Mars Attacks in some ways. Mm, yeah, I suppose. Because you weren't that keen on Mars Attacks at the time, I remember. No, I wasn't, but I was particularly against anything with Gun Close in it. True, yeah. And she's not in this <laughs> one, so, you know, score. Um, no, I, I, th- I think I enjoyed this a bit... Of- you know, I, I really don't know, John. It's been a while since I've seen any of those films. Okay. But you you, you think you enjoyed this one probably a little bit more? the same as the others, yeah. Oh, a little bit. Okay, so, so a modest success for you then. Not not something you're raving about, but not something that you really hated. No, this isn't going to go down in history books as the, the worst film you've ever chosen. Well, that's good. <laughs> By the quality of the film, at least. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's a, that's what delightfully faint praise. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Feldman? Ed Wood. Yeah, listen, I haven't been able to get through, so I just showed up. Yeah, right out front. So are we going to be working together? 
Really? Worst film you ever saw. Well, my next one will be better. Hello? Hello? Okay, enough about my opinions. Go on, what, what do you think of this? Talk about it for a bit. Yeah, I just find this film to be incredibly charming. It's one of those f- films that could so easily go wrong in so many different ways. Mm. You know, it could just be sneering at the character. It could I mean it's got so many stuff stuff that could be like yikes. You've got Bill Murray playing a transgendered person. Mm-hmm. You've got Edward is a transvestite and you know transvestite an okay word. I think it is, yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. Transvestite is just it's not an identity in the way that being transgendered is. It's it's like it's just somebody who enjoys dressing as a woman but doesn't identify as a woman. Okay, cool. I don't think it's a negative word. Sure. Well, I don't think the we, I don't know we, what the alternative place. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what the alternative word would be. Like crossdresser. I feel like that might be more pejorative. I don't mm, know. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't think I've really like hate terms because it's not it's not like being transgendered or being being transgender is like being gay or being straight. It's an identity. It's not um, mm. just something you enjoy doing. Like Edward says throughout this film, I'm not. I'm not gay. I'm, yeah. I just like wearing women's clothes. So I just felt like there was a lot of stuff that this film could have done to be really insensitive or just really mean spirited. Mm-hmm. But it actually comes out as like this weird little celebration of blind optimism and like just pursuing what you love against all odds. Mm, yeah. Which I mean, because like this film is very aware that Ed Wood is a terrible director. Yeah. Like, he's making really bad films. But it always shows you just his positive attitude and how he he really just bounces back from criticism all the time and it and it shows you how like people around him fall in love with him in this strange way like the, one of the f- bits in the movie i really like is when near the end when they're all getting baptized because the the church is funding plan nine from outer space and bill worry says how do you get people to do this ed how do you get all of your friends and family to come together and get baptized so you can make a movie <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> It's just, I just love that aspect of it, that just like this weird little troop of outsiders that just kind of rally around him. And uh, you can tell it comes from, again, like Mars Attacks, it's really like, these are obviously films that Tim Burton watched as a kid and just loved. And it's just a real, like, Mars Attacks is his attempt at making one of those films. And this Mm -hmm. is just like a celebration of the people who made those kind of films. So they're they're a really good, like, double feature, I think, of of two, like, Tim Burton films that I really like. Yeah, I guess. You could almost watch back to back. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just really like that. And I think that Johnny Depp is really, really, I think it's one of his best performances. I think he's, he really captures the enthusiasm of the guy and the charm of the guy, but also the slight kind of delusion of him. But it's just a great comedic performance. Like, I really liked The Disaster Artist. I thought it was great. But I thought that was more like, oh, here's this weirdo and we're going to just like play up all of the weird things about him. Because mm. I think it's really hard to humanise Tommy Wiseau because there's so little that you know about him. Yeah. Like, he's just he is just this weird character almost no one knows who the real person behind him is whereas Johnny Depp's playing a much more like human person you know and I think he just play it's just so funny and charming and in a way that you actually like the guy and you want him to succeed and you're not like pointing and laughing at him like and the relationship between him and uh we'll get into it but the relationship between him and Bella Lugosi is just is really sweet and nice and you can see how mm-hmm. even though he's putting him in bad movies he's actually doing a lot of good for him because at mm. least he's, he's not ignoring him and he's they strike up this very warm and very genuine friendship which i thought was really nicely played it was yeah i, I really enjoyed it yeah um do you know that uh, the actor bella lugosi got a oscar nomination for this role do you mean the actor who played bella lugosi not is that not bella what I said? that's what i meant to say at least yeah yeah uh martin landau won won an oscar actually he won he won oh won sorry 
Yeah, yes. he won an Oscar for that. Yeah, deservedly so. He He's really fantastic. Mm. Like, the two of them together, like, are such um, and a fantastic double act, but I just think it's such a great showy performance. Action. Beware. Beware. Beware of the big green dragon that sits on your doorstep. He eats little boys, puppy dog tails, and big fat snails. Beware. Take care. Wait! Pull the string! Pull the string! Cut. Perfect. Okay, yeah, so what else have you got to say about uh, uh, Edward? Uh, mostly just that it's it's surprisingly funny. It, it had so many moments that really delighted me and really made me laugh. Like at first, I thought um, he was going to be a con artist. Mm, okay, like, yeah. he goes into this this meeting with a um, a film producer. Is it? Yeah. And uh, he's trying to he's he's trying to win the role basically as director of this film. That this, that oh, this you mean when it's made. the Christine Jorgensen story? What they call the sex change movie. Obviously, that's not a politically correct term anymore. But yeah, yeah. And he says something like, "I've never told anybody this, not even my girlfriend." Mm. And I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. He's going to start doing a bit of a con or something. Mm -hmm. I like to dress up in women's clothing. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Good con. Yeah, great. Um, I I like it. And then, no, that was just actually where I went. That's who he is. That was a very, very convenient meeting. I mean, I know that dressing up in women's clothing and having a sex change are two very different things. Sure, 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 yeah. You know, you you can see how the topic is similar. That was quite a convenient meeting for him. Well, no, I think the idea is that he heard about that movie being made, and he and he was like, "This is the perfect movie for me. I can relate to this." So yeah, yeah. But he is kind of a con artist in a weird way, though. But he's kind of like a good-natured con artist. He's, he is kind of a hustler. Yeah, he, you know, he's, he's 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 working on the fringes of Hollywood, like hustling anyone he can get his hands on to try and get funding. But he's not. It seems like he's not just trying to get rich for money's sake or anything like that. It's quite pure intent. He's just hustling anyone he can just so he can make another movie because he just loves making movies, mm. even though he's really terrible at it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i just really enjoyed all of that i just there was, i thought everyone was really funny in this like some people that i don't normally find that interesting as actors like sarah jessica parker i'm not the biggest fan of but she is so funny in this that that joke that she makes but oh, i forget the exact joke but it was like and she's reading a review or something and it's yeah. and, and she says like my face isn't shaped like a horse yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> good on her for like taking that joke. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's one of my absolute favourites in this. She's just so got so many funny lines. Like, yeah. Well, I thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just it's just a, a very entertaining. I will say you're right. It doesn't need to be over two hours. This could slice twenty minutes off. I think. I feel like the last. Maybe half hour kind of could have been cut out. It did drag. Like the whole I think, second film that he makes. Yeah, I, I I didn't really feel like it was necessary. I could see why, like there was some interesting story there, mm. but I really thought that the film was going to be that Edward was going to be about 
in making this one film and the mm. struggles he has to go through to make this film and then it comes out and you know the premiere maybe and yeah sure, that's it but then mm. no there's a second film involved as well yeah it certainly it's had its merits because it really did sort of tie together the whole Bela Lugosi story in this sure yeah and that was definitely important Mm. Yeah, it's like it had to get to the point where he makes Plan 9 from Outer Space, because that's the famous one that everyone knows. Mm. But it felt like the making of Bride of the Atom, the middle one, and the first one as well, were a little bit more interesting as like film, in, in terms of making this film. Because mm. when, it got to, yeah, when it gets to Plan 9 from Outer Space, it's like, oh, and then he made Plan 9 from Outer Space, and then the movie ends. Like, <laughs> yeah. they didn't spend a lot of time on it. But yeah, I think all the stuff with Patricia Arquette kind of doesn't really land either. It feels like it's it's not really... That's his second girlfriend after Sergei so Parker dumps him. Yeah. Like, it's sweet, but it's like... It's too late in the movie for us to start caring about another love story. And it just kind of drags yeah, on a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, the, the, it, it does go on a little bit too long. I think the first hour is, like, really, really charming. And then there's there's obviously bits throughout that are really good. But it could have been trimmed a little bit. But, yeah, minor concerns. On the whole, I really I was really pleasantly surprised re-watching this time, which I still liked it. Hmm. Good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. That's very passive-aggressive. I'm glad you enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. Not gonna lie. What a show. Everyone was terrific. Paul, your second act monologue actually gave me the chills. Oh, thanks, Sadie. I got the early edition. Hot off the presses. This is the big moment. Oh, what does that old queen know? She didn't even show. Sent her copy boy to do the dirty work. Screw you, Miss Crowley. Do I really have a face like a horse? What does ostentatious mean? Hey, it's not that bad. You can't concentrate on the negative. Look, he's got some nice things to say here. The soldiers' costumes are very realistic. That's positive. Rave of the century. Well, I've seen a lot worse reviews. I've seen reviews where they didn't even mention the costumes. Do you have any more to say on it, or should we do drinking games? Well, that's the plot summary, so the idea would be to move on to something else, yeah. Great, okay. So, first thing I've got. Drink whenever somebody alludes to Bela Lugosi's death. Oh, yeah, I've got that too. Drink anytime someone thinks Bela Lugosi is dead. It's yeah. a great little runner in this thinks film. Thinks he's dead, or there's any hints, you know, like, say, you first meet him, he's lying in a coffin. Yeah. Well, I like how this joke develops. Like, it starts off like, well, I thought he was dead. No, he's very much alive. Like, eight or nine times in the film, someone says, isn't yeah. he dead? No, he's very much alive. Yeah. And at the end of it, the church people say, isn't he dead? And Edward has to be like, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, we'll work around that. Yeah, I've got his last footage. Yeah. yeah. All of that was great. Really great uh, running joke. Yeah. Sweetie, you won't believe it. I've got incredible news. You got the job. No, I didn't get the job, but something better happened. Better than not getting the job? Yes. I met a movie star. Somebody really big. Who? Robert Taylor? No, a horror movie star. Boris Karloff? Close. The other one. You met Basil Rathbone? Oh, to heck with you. I met Bella Lugosi. Well, I thought he was dead. No, he's very much alive. Well, sort of. Okay, very good. Here's one. Drink for Dissolve Fades. Oh, yeah, okay. Tim Burton loves a Dissolve Fade, especially in this movie. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? 
Because it's all shot in black and white as well. That's what I like about this film. It's shot like the movies. It's kind of parodying all the, all the films. Yeah, that, that, that is a good little touch. Yeah, like all the shadows are really like you know intense, and there's loads of like old-fashioned film techniques, like dissolve mm. fades and, and wipes and stuff. And it's just it's just great. I love it. I love anything like that. Yeah, no, I I agree. That is really good. Um, drink whenever Johnny Depp does that stupid little grin. Oh yes, <laughs> that mildly manic, desperate, like thinking on his feet kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's very good at that. Well, yeah. similarly, I had drink every time Johnny Depp's hair falls out of place. Okay, yeah, sure. This is actually a really good drinking game for this film because he's got like this very like nineteen fifties like slicked back hair, mm. but every so often like a, a strand of it will fall down when he's particularly stressed out or mm. he's like in, having a difficult moment, and it's just. It's something you really can, you really notice it if you start looking out for it. Yeah. It's a good one to drink on. Uh, drink whenever the first take is perfect. Ooh, yes. <laughs> cool, perfect. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's fantastic. I don't think he ever takes a second take in the entire movie. No. <laughs> like, there's a great, great joke here when um, Lobo, the Swedish wrestler, uh, he's playing, like, this Igor kind of character... And he, he has to, like, leave the room. He has to leave the scene. He has to stumble out of a door. Yeah. And he walks through. And because he's, like, an absolute giant, he, he really is the actor. It is like the mountain from Game of Thrones. It's like this <laughs> yeah, ridiculously he giant person. He, he, do, he literally doesn't fit through the door. <laughs> so he, he walks through. And the doors are all made of, like, cardboard. You know, the really cheap sets. So he walks through and he accidentally bangs it. And the entire set shakes and Ed's like cut print great moving on and then one of the stage directors is kind of like don't you want to do that again he couldn't get through the door he was having a little bit of trouble there and Edward's like yeah but in reality that's a struggle he'd be facing every day so it's realism (laughs) it's just stuff like that really tickled me I just like it it, uh, later on when they're in the graveyard Mm. and uh, this guy's getting out of a grave and he gets stuck and he's just like oh you two just go and help him out and there's like there's two people just literally lifting him out of the grave. And like, <laughs> yep, great cut print. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's but fantastic. Like, yeah. A cardboard gravestone fell over. You don't want to like fix that. Like, oh no, people won't notice that. Those are the little details. People that watch mm. films and notice the little yeah, details. It's the big picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really gave me a renewed appreciation for like what must have been behind the scenes of making the brain that wouldn't die. Yeah. Like, you know, it must have been so similar. Like, oh, no one will notice that. Just move on. <laughs> okay. Here's one. Drink for Angora. Sure. Which is the, yeah. you know, the, the, the fabric that he has a fetish for. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Like the, well, the fluffy, I've got a the, the one fe- here. It's my last one. Uh, drink for any reference to dressing in women's clothing. Yeah, that, that works too. Anything with women's clothing. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I've got a few more. Drink every time a woman is shown doing housework. Yeah, sure, sure. I just really noticed that in every... It's obviously deliberate because it's like 1950s and probably quite tongue-in-cheek. But like every anytime there's a scene with Sarah Jessica Parker or Patricia Arquette, they're like doing housework. Sarah Jessica Parker will either be like holding a big mixing bowl and just whisking for no reason or she'll be like <laughs> vacuuming under his feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patricia Arquette's always knitting. It's just It just made me laugh that like the women in this film are always like very 1950s styled. Yeah. I just really enjoyed Sarah Jessica Parker's arc in this movie. Like at the, in the first twenty minutes or so, she's really like bubbly and supportive and just like mm. very sweet natured. And by the end, she's just this like bitter, chain smoking, like bitchy catty. Like she's just so like over it all by the end. It's great. Yeah. Oh, poodle, you're made it. I wasn't sure you got my message. Well, of course I made it. Today's the file clerk's big scene. That's right. I see the usual gang of misfits and dope addicts are here. Janet. I want you straight. Say, who's a lug? Shh, 
I want you staying away from the old Willow's place. Well, that's Tony McCoy. He will be portraying Lieutenant Dick Craig. Really? How much money did he put up? None. But his dad gave me 50 grand. Hmm. Wood production's the mark of quality. So that was the Edward drinking games. Sure, okay. Well, before we go to sequels, I'm going to do some quick plugging, if that's all right. Hope you don't mind. Go for mind. it. Plug away, Harry. John. Plug your house out. Uh, so, first of all, I've started doing a uh, a little YouTube series. You go to youtube.com slash set, and every Friday at 8pm, you can tune in live, where I'll do a pop culture quiz. So mm. far, I've done Star Wars, I've done Harry Potter, and this coming Friday, it's going to be a Friends quiz. Ooh, that should be popular. Yeah. So, you can tune in live at uh, 8 o'clock uh, this Friday, 8pm British time this Friday, that is. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, if you want to look at any of the other ones... They're all still on the channel. You can mm-hmm. look back and, you know, just pretend it's live. And, yeah. yeah. Maybe the comments won't be as active, but... <laughs> <laughs> They're a lot of fun. Harry gets dressed up and everything. There's a whole set. It's yeah, I've, I've put a lot of effort in it because, hey, I've yeah. got loads of time on my hands. Indeed. So, may as well. Um, yeah, youtube.com slash set if you're interested. Links mm-hmm. will be in the description. Do you want to try the uh, Patreon spiel? Uh, sure. So in addition to Harry's uh, weekly YouTube quiz, we also have a Patreon channel for those who enjoy the show. If you would like to hear more from us, we offer a range of incentives to you know say thank you to anyone who wishes to put a little bit of money our way, which we obviously use to you know cover our subscription costs, technology, hosting, all that kind of things. So yeah, you can donate as much or as little as you like, as little as $2 a month or you know, all the way up to 10000 20000 whatever it is. Big, big money coming through. We've got some big <laughs> ticket investors. Uh, but yeah, if you sign up to that, what we can offer in return, uh, a weekly bonus show beyond the box set, which is where we would normally review cinema releases, but obviously that's not a thing right now. So instead we are just reviewing a random assortment. We're letting our patrons decide things that they'd like us to watch, like old classics that maybe don't fit on the main show, films with sequels, television episodes, that kind of thing. We've had a few of those already. Uh, one of them inspired this very episode. It was uh, The Brain That Wouldn't Die, which was a bit obscure for this main show, but uh, makes perfect sense as a bonus show kind of review. So we've done that. We've got a few more coming down the line as well. We also offer extended episodes, extended cuts of these main episodes. So just a little bit of extra content for you. Uh, you can also get a 30-second ad slot on the main show if you've got anything you'd like to promote, maybe your own podcast or your own business or just something you want to shout about. We'll put it on the show and promote it and run it on a regular basis. And in addition, you can also just get a bit closer to us. You can suggest an episode of the main show for us to do at some point. You can guest on it if you'd like to. Uh, that'd be a lot of fun. You know, just feel free to join us to talk about a film that you really like and help us pitch a sequel. Uh, and there's also a Facebook group you can join where you can get to know us a little bit better and also the other patrons. It's a lovely little spot on the internet. And is there anything else, I think? Yeah, I think that's everything. And that's it, yeah. So, yeah, just lots of nice little incentives there, all available for as little as £2 a month, $2 a month. And for more information, please just go to patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set. Bonjour tout le monde, I'm Finn, and every Tuesday I host a podcast called Passport People, in which I talk to people from around the world about the places that matter to them. What is so special about each location? What makes each place tick? Where are they headed? To join us on our round the world trip, talking to a diverse range of fascinating people from an incredible variety of professional and cultural backgrounds, search for Passport People in Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, sequels. Harry, this week... Something different. 
yeah, we decided to do something a little bit different this week because after watching Ed Wood, we, we kind of realised this is kind of a closed story. There's not really a whole lot you can do sequel-wise with this. So we thought we'd do something a little bit different, still staying on, on brand. But, uh, you know, lockdown, what, what, what better time to try something a little bit different with the format, to shake things up a little bit. So yeah. I thought what might be fun is this film, Edward, it ends at a certain point in Edward's career uh, when he makes Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is his most famous movie. But he, he continues. He, con- he continues on in Hollywood and makes several more films, none of which are particularly successful, all of which are, you know, quite similarly so bad they're good apparently i've not seen any of them i can't say for sure but uh yeah that could make either a really good or really bad marathon yes indeed so i thought since we haven't seen these movies obviously and they have some quite interesting titles i thought we would rescue some lost edward classics because i'm sure very few of our listeners have watched these films either i think plan nine from out space and glenn or glenda are probably the only two most anyone might have seen so we're going to work on this together it's a collaborative effort I'm going to give you the titles of some Ed Wood movies, some genuine Ed Wood movies. These are real movie titles. Mm. And we are going to pitch our idea for what those films, we think those films are about, based on the title. Okay, that sounds fun. And then we'll look at the actual summary and find out how close we got. Okay? Sure. So, first movie made after Ed Wood was called Revenge of the Virgins. Revenge of the Virgins. Okay, well, it sounds like I'm thinking something uh, like one of those classic horrors where loads of people go away to the woods, like a cabin sure. in the woods kind a of thing. A cabin in the woods scenario, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. So you know what's going on there, and that whole thing happens, mm-hmm. but maybe a, maybe a bunch of them survive, and then the sure. sequel to that is, you know, them trying to get their oh, own back on. Oh, I like that. Okay. Them. Now I'm thinking some kind of fifties villain, so it's going to be like the Blob or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay, so. Oh, yeah, because everyone in a horror movie in those Cabin in the Woods scenarios, they're always virgins, right? Yeah. only much. virgins survive. Yeah. So the survivors of the original attack by... We're going to go with the blob? Sure. Yeah? So we have a movie... Nah, nah, the blob doesn't, blob doesn't feel right. It does need to be more of like a a single... Like, it, it's a man. Mm. Like, okay, but just maybe like it's Frankenstein or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, a, cra- a crazy mad scientist with a Frankenstein scenario. Kind yeah. of. A crazy woodsman who's dabbling with the dead or something. Yeah. So a bunch of virgins go out into the woods for a, a camping trip or something, are terrorised by a local madman and a potentially a Frankenstein kind of creature. And the ones that escape are obviously the virgins uh, and they come back for revenge the next summer or something? Yeah, yeah, that, that works. So do you think they come back to attack the scientists or to rescue yeah yeah i think so so i think that they come back initially pretending to be you know just normal like people just going away on spring break or whatever oh it's like a honeypot situation in the woods Mm. and there's like there's a twist half an hour into the movie i see like no it's not that kind of movie these characters have already lived this last year and they've learned from it oh it's a bit meta then yeah yeah now have they also learnt the Hollywood horror movie rules and they're posing as virgins, but actually they've all had sex? Could be, yeah, totally. Although that would mean they were more susceptible to dying because it's virgins who survive, so... Hmm. No, maybe they yeah, stayed virgins. Yeah, that's, that, that's right, yeah, maybe they stayed virgins. They've stayed virgins, okay, cool, because that's, that's, the, that's oh, the ultimate no, no, no. Hollywood. Um, they say that they've all stayed virgins, but two people, they've actually just been saying that they stayed virgins. Right, okay. 
you know, like th- this group of maybe six characters or whatever, they all made a pact like, hey, mm-hmm. like this has just happened. So like until next summer, when we go back and get our revenge, none of us can have sex because mm-hmm. then as virgins, we're more likely going to survive. But then there's two people who just can't keep their hands off each other. Yeah, they've wasted a whole year. They've all abstained for an entire year to you know to, to hold on to their virginity so they can go back and like defeat this mad scientist and save their friends. Yeah. But then there's there's two that are like a couple that are really hot for each other, and the whole year they've been waiting, and then they get to this cabin in the woods and just the lust just overpowers them. And they can't help themselves, and they have sex, and then that's it. They're doomed. Yep. And so, mm-hmm. Revenge of the Virgins initially because of those two, but some other things go awry as well. It it goes wrong for all of them, and. Mm-hmm. All six of them end up dying. Oh, so it's actually one of those dark horror movies where the, the mad scientist wins. Yeah, I'd say like it tries to be meta. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it is meta, but like ultimately the same thing does happen. Ah, you can't escape it. So it goes all the way back around from meta to... What's the opposite meta, of meta? Meta, meta. Double meta. <laughs> meta <know>. squared. <laughs> uh, okay. Shall we see how close we got? Yeah. Okay, so, Revenge of the Virgins, this is the plot description. Tenderfoot Burton, what a name, and his wife join forces with an old prospector. So it's a Western movie. (laughs) Tenderfoot Burton and his wife join forces with an old prospector to search for the rich gold strike of which the old-timer claims to know. So they're looking for, like, gold in them thar hills, you know, classic old Western kind of thing. Yeah. Along with a couple of no-account gunslingers... They ride deep into the mountains to find the gold. So far, so Western, right? Yeah. Where do the virgins come into this? Unaware that the treasure is guarded by an all-female tribe of deadly, beautiful, and, most importantly, topless Indians. Wow. (laughs) That sounds explosive. Wow, yeah. (laughs) So it's an old West, like, gold rush kind of movie that then becomes topless Indians. I guess by Indians they mean Native Americans. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> be be what? weird. Otherwise, actually, that'd be an interesting, an, an interesting movie. Like, make a movie that's an original sort of Western thing, and do it cowboys and Indians, but mm. cowboys and people from India. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> How would that even work? <laughs> is that inappropriate? Why would, or is that? I mean, I'm just thinking. Why would they be there? Well, just yeah, all the weird random questions. Yes, sure. But be. I mean, are, are you casting people from the subcontinent of India to play Native Americans, or are they just a bunch of people from India who were there for no reason? The latter, yeah. They're just like, there for a, no reason. Okay. A, a, actual Indians playing actual okay. Indians. Not you could Native do like a revisionist Americans. history, yeah, where like Indians people, as in people from the country of India, have pop, have also like populated America. Yeah, <laughs> that could be fun. <laughs> okay well that's not so, what this is it's done in the right way as long as you've got to get it yeah i enough. think it's important to get the right tone with that it could very easily go off the rails but uh yeah, yeah so no, we weren't particularly close there that was edward's attempt at a western apparently revenge of the virgins wow uh what's next, next? then <laughs> okay number two edward film number two after the oscar-winning success of revenge of the virgins he moved on to orgy of the dead Orgy of the Dead. Orgy of the Dead. What do we think Orgy of the Dead might be? Well, initially, I think it's the sequel to our pitch for Revenge of the Virgins. Uh, sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're making a franchise out of this. Yeah. Um, don't really know where to go from there. What do you think? So, Orgy of the Dead, I reckon 
this is set in the afterlife. Like, yeah. Yeah. this is set in, like, hell or something. Okay, uh, now, I think that that might be a, a decent idea for what this title is, but I'm thinking, what would Ed Wood actually do? Mm. No, you're right. more okay. likely to be, a, like, a, a, I don't know, zombie, vampire, like, brought back from the dead sort of thing, and then they're all having sex. Oh, okay, you know what, it's I've It's probably got it. his turn at, like, a classic horror movie. Yeah, this is going to be... A classic all-star monster movie. Like the... You know how they wanted to make the dark... What was it called? The Dark Universe? Dark Universe. Yeah, this is Edward's attempt at a dark universe. So it's going to bring together, like, Dracula and also werewolves and Frankenstein and all of the greats, like, Mm. together. They are all brought together for some reason. Maybe... Maybe they all end up at some mansion. Like, they're all... Did they all like, get a letter or something? Would, would a werewolf open a letter? Uh, sure, yeah. With its claws. I mean, werewolves are just normal people for, you know, like, most of the month. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. So, a bunch of seemingly normal people receive a letter inviting them to a mysterious old mansion mm. with promises of crazy wealth. Like, you know, that come to this mansion and st- stay one night in this mansion and you could win... A huge amount of money. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And so none of them know each other. million dollars. Yeah, none of them know each other. None of them know why they've been invited, but they all go. They all turn up. You've got five or six people, and they're all like, well, why are we here? I don't know. Why are you here? It's it's like Clue. You know, it's that kind Mm. of setup where there's just a bunch of strangers uh, in a house, in in an old creepy mansion in the middle of nowhere on a dark and stormy night. And as the night runs on, first of all, they don't know who's brought them here. They don't know who the host is. But as the night goes on, it turns out that all of them are in fact when the full moon comes up different kinds of monsters right, so yeah. one is one is a vampire one is a werewolf one is a ghost maybe sure yeah yeah and they all discover that they are all different undead creatures should we say mm. one's a zombie i guess as well Jekyll and Hyde yeah mhm and we need to bring in the orgy element somehow though I mean do things just get sexy okay well What's the uh, what's the gender ratio going on here? Let's say fifty-fifty. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Maybe they need to have sex to lift a curse. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. I would then uh, go on to suggest maybe the curse is that they have to have the orgy, but yeah. I think it's more likely. I'm like I'm trying to guess what Edward would have done. Yeah, I feel like the orgy is going to be a. A, a, a net positive in his mind. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, th- I think, I think that's all we got. Do you want to? Yeah, sure. Well, let's see what actually happened then. See how close we were. Okay, a writer and his girlfriend crash their car and find themselves in a cemetery, where they okay. are forced to watch the dead dance for the Lord of the Dead. Okay. So there's a Lord of the Dead, and all the other dead people are dancing for the Lord of the Dead. And these two are forced to watch it. Yeah. Uh, the Lord of the Dead is played by Criswell, who was the fake fortune teller from um, sure. the film. A bevy of dancing strippers outfitted in various motifs make up the bulk of this movie, although it oddly also features a werewolf and a mummy. So I wasn't a million miles off. No. Werewolf, mummy, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The film has little to no storyline. About 70 minutes of the film's running time features topless female dancers without any dialogue. So... 70 minutes, 70 zero minutes. minutes without Seven any zero. dialogue. Yeah. It's just Whoa. dancing ladies. Yeah. 
Harry, this was pre-Pornhub. People had to get the okay, kicks now, where they could find I know that there's I know that there's topless women in there. Yeah. But that sounds very boring. Yeah. Sev- I mean, I, 70 minutes is too long for any kind of... You know, yeah. <laughs> anything like any- that. I don't want to watch that for... Se- I don't even want to watch topless men for 70 minutes. Like, I'll be no. done in five, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ten, maybe, but yeah. It's a sure. <laughs> All right. Show <Sure. laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was Orgy of the Dead. So the final one, the final Edward project, not entirely dissimilar name, Necromania. What Necromania. do you think Necromania might be about? Um, ooh. Were zombie movies a thing? I mean, yeah, probably. Uh, okay, so I think for this one, Necromania, I think this might be a man loses the love of his life. Let's say there's like a young married couple. Maybe they're just married. In fact, maybe it's just like in The Brain That Wouldn't Die, where there's a young couple in love. He's driving too fast down the road, maybe on the way to get married or on the way to the honeymoon or something. Sharp corner. Oops, she's dead. Oops, her head's fallen off. Oops, she's dead. You know? <laughs> and so he's lost her. He's driven mad by grief. You know, He's just lost the love of his life. Mm. And so he goes to some kind of... Like it's a pet cemetery scenario. Maybe he goes like a voodoo priest or like, you know, a witch or a wizard or something mm. to have her brought back from the dead. And it's yeah. it's successful. She comes back, you know, she's back from beyond the grave, but she's not back the way she was before. You know, it's like they don't come back the same, to quote pet cemetery. Yeah. So now he's got to live with having an undead wife who behaves very strangely and he's trying to act like everything's normal. Like like that TV show as well, that zombie TV show with Drew Barrymore. Uh, did you ever watch it? Uh, oh, um, the something diet. The the Santa Clarita diet, yeah. Santa Clarita diet. It could yeah. be like that. Like yeah, he he's trying to like live in this very like white picket fences nineteen fifties you know suburb, and his wife's like you know very like blonde and baking cookies and all you know nineteen fifties housewife, but she's also secretly dead, mm. and it's trying he he's trying to like keep up appearances and trying like you know not let anyone realize that she's passed on and maybe like her body starts falling apart or maybe she does mm-hmm. start to eat people you know yeah yeah i like that yeah i'm just thinking necromania maybe there's also like a sexual i mean there's going to be a sexual element to it based on the other two do you think it would have any crowd scenes crowd scenes like crowd of topless ladies dancing for 70 minutes or <laughs> um no i mean more like maybe it's like suddenly everybody's into shagging the dead Ooh. Yeah, maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe one of the things that's changed about you know, her necromania is like Beatlemania. You're right. You know what I think it is. So he's trying to keep things under wrap, keep things mm-hmm. as normal as possible. But one of the things she's developed since coming back from beyond the grave is an insatiable sexual appetite. Okay, yeah. And it turns out that sex, constant sex, is the only thing that can keep her the magic that keeps her alive together. Maybe, like, mm. orgasms are what, like, rejuvenate her. So maybe she'll, if she doesn't have an orgasm within a few hours, like, she'll start rotting and falling apart and stuff. So she has to be constantly <laughs> in a state of constant sexual excitement. And he, yeah. just, he just can't keep up with it. Like, you know, it's just too much. He needs a break. So mm. she starts shagging the whole town. <laughs> like, she, she starts shagging, like, men, women, you know, everything, just whatever. Just she becomes, like, this sexual monster, essentially. Maybe she starts feasting on other women as well. Like, all the men have to shag her and the wound, she has to, like, drink their blood or something. And soon there's this whole town full of, like, sex-crazed women. Uh, sex-crazed like undead women. Yeah. And so, yeah, it ends with, like, a big beach party, like a 60s beach party, you know, like, where they're all, like, dancing on the beach and doing, like, the da 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 And they're all undead. And it's just a big old sex necromania orgy with loads of, yeah. 
Hmm. Like Woodstock for undead nymphomaniacs. Yeah, no, I like that. Okay. I'd watch that. I bet you would. Uh, (laughs) Well, let's see how Ed Wood did, shall we? Necromania. A married couple, good start, are having sexual problems. Still good, I mean, so far so good. And they decide to employ the assistance of a necromancer called Madam Heels. (laughs) (laughs) Is is that like heels as in the verb or heels as in the noun? It's heels spelt H-E-L-L-E-S. But apparently it's pronounced heels. So. Oh, okay. So it's not like heels as in she does healings. And it's also no, but I think like that's heels the... as in like she's got shoes. a great set of shoes. Yeah. Both of those work. I think it could be she heals you, but also she'll walk up and down your spine in sexy stilettos or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? So did you say walk up and down your spine in sexy stilettos? Yeah, you know, like that's a thing. That's a fetish, you know, men with like high heel fetishes. Is it? Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of Kirsty McCall recently. You know that song, In These Shoes? Do you know that song? No. Well, not you by do. name, at least. Well, you'd know if you heard it. It's that one. That, it was the theme tune to the uh, Catherine Tate show, but it was like... Then I met an Englishman All he said What are you afraid of? Won't you walk up and down my spine It makes me feel strangely alive I said, in these shoes I doubt you'd survive. I said, honey, let's do it. There's a line in it like, won't you walk up and down my spine? It makes me feel strangely alive. In these shoes, I doubt you'd survive. It's a kind of a okay. comedy song. Anyway, just that made me think of it. Sorry. Never I don't mind. I anything worse than somebody walking up and down my spine in stilettos. It well, it's like horrifically a, painful. Yeah, I think it's like a massive. I'm not saying I mean I'm not endorsing it. I'm just saying that like <laughs> you know it's like it's like a fetish. It's like being whipped or something. It's like pleasure pain. You know. Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this one sounds like it will do you permanent damage to your back. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> like a whipping, I understand. Yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily engaged in it, but uh, you know. I, it's it's not going to do you permanent damage. Probably just depends on the whip. A little bit might leave a little cut on your arm. Sure. Suspiciously specific there, Harry. What's that? You can try talking about whipping without it, without making it sound specific. Fine. <laughs> anyway, so it's not that. Hey, stop whip shaming me. I'm not whip shaming you. Do whatever you I want. I feel like you are. I'm not whip shaming you. Mm. Anyway, so they go to this necromancer called Madam Heels. Madam Heels's assistant. Tanya, <laughs> strangely, <laughs> strangely normal, like bog standard name, like Madame Heels and Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> Madame Heels' assistant Tanya takes care of them both physically. I think we all know what that means. Yes, okay. I'm getting a real sense that Edward's later films just very, well, there's a very swift decline into softcore porn. Mm, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So Tanya takes care of them both physically before they meet the necromancer herself. Mm-hmm. It turns out that Madame Heels sleeps in a coffin and keeps her house as a prison filled with couples who are having sexual difficulty. Oh, and she yeah. keeps them in a constant group orgy, I think is from what I can make sense of this plot. A somewhere. constant group orgy? What, like, as in... See, I, I'm now imagining, like, how supermarkets are these days. Like, you know, one in, one out. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I think it's more like, like when... It's like the mafia. When you're in, you're in. It's like... <laughs> You can't, it never stops, and they have to constantly bring in new couples to refresh them as they maybe drop dead from sexual <laughs> exhaustion or something. 
Yeah. As far as I understand, that's the plot. So they get brought into this Madame Heels' house and it turns out there's like all these young couples trapped in a permanent orgy and they become yeah. part of it. And then in the end, they escape. And that's that's Necromania. It's not quite what we pitched. Not quite, no. But uh, that is the genius of Ed Wood. We can only aspire, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was quite a lot of fun. I think we did a good job there. Yeah, do you want to do any more or, or are you calling it a day? Uh, they're, they're the only three I had written down. I can look at some of Redwood titles, though. So he had a film called The Sinister Urge. Ooh. See, now, these all sound very similar. I think they are. <laughs> <laughs> that one's got to be sexual. It just has to be. Well, I mean, there's another one called Jailbait. Okay. The Astounding She-Monster. <laughs> the Astounding She-Monster. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Do you want to know anything about that one? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah. What's it about? The astounding she-monster focuses on a geologist, a gang which has kidnapped a rich heiress, and their encounter with a beautiful but deadly female alien who has crashed to Earth. Ooh. That sounds pretty much nonsensical. <laughs> wonder how many one-takes were in that. Yeah. There's Night of the Ghouls. Sounds fairly standard. Anatomy of a Psycho. <laughs> Married too young. There's no uh, there's no plot description of that one. Shotgun Good, wedding. I think. Yeah, it's probably for the best. <laughs> the love feast. The love feast. Yeah. Again, it doesn't have like an orgy. Yeah, I think it might be. Oh, here's one I like. Mrs. Stone's thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Stone's thing. And uh, oh oh, here's one you'll like. Nympho cycler. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. And then they just get worse from there. The undergraduates, the class reunion, the well, snow I think bunnies. They did go into porn. So. Yeah. Fugitive girls. Mm. <laughs> the beach bunnies. Oh, beach blanket bloodbath. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound good, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want to move on to listen submissions then? Let's. We could do this all day. There's literally hundreds of these. Leave that for after the show. Sure. Okay. Listener submissions. Do you have any this week? Uh, yeah, I've got a few here. Good. Um, so first up, I've got Ross Burton. Of course. He says, Edward Woodward. Oh, yes. Edward Woodward as in the guy from um, that film. Um, the Wicked Man. The Wicked Man. Yeah. Sure. Um, Andrew the Gibson the says, Edward 2, cover the time that he became a porn director. I think we've pretty much covered that, yeah. Yep. Uh, James Ashton says, a prequel called Ed Did. Ed Did. I like that. That's good. <laughs> Is that another porn, though? Like Ed Did Dallas or something? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Patrick Holsher says, how much wood would Edward Woodchuck chuck if Edward could woodchuck wood? I don't feel like you read that correctly, but yes, I get the idea. I feel like I did. And okay. believe me, I am going to have to read more of those. Um, okay. He has also replied to his own his own comment. Oh, I see. Semicolon, the, the fantabulous emancipation of one Edward. I like it. Okay. <laughs> uh, somebody's commented Wood Brothers, and have said no. They prefer the term bundle. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like. I like where that went. Yeah. I also like Wood um, Brothers, Blood Brothers. Yeah. Ahmed Ali says. Edward's two, Return of Edward Scissorhands, Demon Barber of the Corpse Bride. Oh, okay, so it's a bit of a just like Timber and Johnny Depp the there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. PJ Brandon has just posted a meme here 
Um, it's Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. Uh, your scientists were so preoccupied about whether they Ed could, they never stopped to think if they Ed should. Okay, yeah, I like that. that makes good sense. Works, makes yeah. good sense. And uh, last couple here. Alex Brown says, I don't know, but Edward Woodward would. Okay, I get it, yeah. <laughs> and then Adam Boyd says, Ed might. Ed might. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very good. Okay. I've got some as well. Uh, Dennis Fanning said Ed Twood. Ed nice. Twood. Wood. Andy Hunt just said the disaster artist. Sure. Michael Renner said, It's about how everyone who acted in Ed Wood has progressed since then. It's a meet-up ten years later, with actors playing the actors who played the actors in the film. <laughs> so I guess that could be like... Because it does have an interesting cast. Like, you know, Bill Murray's obviously now gone on to be this, like, strange mm. cultural phenomenon... Johnny Depp's career has been very much up and down. Uh, Sarah Jessica Park has gone and done a whole Sex in the City thing. You've got yeah. Patricia Arquette's won an Oscar now. You know, it's, there's a lot going on with this cast, so that could be fun. Yeah. Zachary Pierce said, Ed Good. Ed Wood realises that some of the mistakes he's made while filmmaking could be corrected and takes into consideration the critiques of his peers. So very good, yeah. Ed becomes a good filmmaker, yeah. Over on Twitter, Martin Gardner, at MGLovesFun, said, Ed Wood Scissorhands, the plot writes itself. Of course. And we had a few plays on that as well. Ryan Klima said, Ed Wood Clapboard Hands. You know, clapboard, like, you know. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Gene Weber said, Ed Wood Penis Hands. <laughs> Michael King said, Ed Wooder. Same movie, but it's set in Philadelphia, starring Charlie Day. So I guess that's like... Edward as an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I, guess, I could see yeah. that. Actually, I could really see that. Like yeah, Charlie directs that, a film. That'd be that'd be some good fun. And it's all filmed in black and white, like Edward. That could really work. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Ryan Cleaver also said Edward bark for more. No bark sure. wood. And Ryan's final idea, M Night. <laughs> nice. Yep. So last two on Twitter again at self shoots said the education of Mister Wood. Ed Wood makes a comeback by starting his own YouTube page. Okay. So yeah. I guess the next step is to become like a YouTube broadcaster. Mm-hmm. And finally, Cinema Adventure Pod at Cine Adventure Pod said, same film, but it's all about the making of cats. <laughs> very, very, very good. Very good, yeah. One. Yeah. So thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review, which really helps us out. So please do consider doing that on your preferred platform. We're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would rate us more than five stars if they could. You can find all the links to all those things in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. And next week, Harry, throwing the ball back to you. All right, John. Well, I'm still sticking with my little personal mini-season since I um, absolutely bombed when I did The Room a couple of weeks back. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're not doing another really depressing one, are you? Not at all. My little personal mini-season, if you're interested, thank you for asking. I am doing films that are solid choices. They're not risky, but they're going to be good. Sometimes How risky that a- can be great, but I'm just going to make sure, minimum, they're all good films. Okay, so this didn't start with The, with the Room, right? With Room, because that was the no, opposite No, no, certainly not. No, no, it was in reaction to The Room. Oh, I the see. Room, so what- I knew I picked a very bad film. Okay, so what did we do last week? 
Prestige. Prestige. Okay, so okay. We're I knew that would solid... be interesting to talk about. Yes, and it was. Okay, cool. Yeah. So your your mini season is just picking decent movies. Well, not not risking the choice of picking a bad movie, which clearly you're not doing. Oh no, no, I'm all about the risk taking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, this is a prime example of when it doesn't pay off. All right, fine. So you know, take that insult with a grain of salt. So yeah, this coming week. Well, actually, last week I watched this film on Netflix. So this film is a Netflix film. Anybody can okay. watch it. Um, it's called The Perfection. The I don't Perfection. think you'll have heard of it, because I hadn't heard of it. No, it rings a bell, but maybe because it's just a very generic title. It's quite generic, yeah. What can um, you tell me about it? It stars the, the girlfriend from Get Out. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, is, is it a new film? Fairly recent, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure when it is, but like she looks about the same age, so it's probably sure. very recent. Well, she's um, now 92 years old, so yeah, long time ago. Yeah, I would say go into it blind if you can. Um, okay. It's it's I I really enjoyed just you know being taken on a journey by this film. Okay, sure. I'll, and, I, uh, I, I urge listeners to do the same. This film is thoroughly enjoyable. Okay, I know nothing, so I will absolutely go in blind. Yeah. It's been a while um, since I've been able to. Yeah, do that. so join us next week, everybody, for the perfection. Um, if you want to. Just a quick reminder, do a little friends quiz this coming Friday. Go to mm-hmm. youtube.com slash beyondtheboxset or beyondtheboxset.com slash friends. Either one. Both of them work, whatever. And um, yeah, see you there. Enjoy. I'll be there for you. Oh, very good, Harry. Very good. See you then. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you, everybody. And see you next week. Thanks a lot. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Do I really have a face like a horse?